All that was left of them was a nose-wrinkling odor of charred flesh and machine oil. A different forest, not telling you where. Okay, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that funerals suck. Even if you don't know the person, it's still totally sad. When you did know the person, well, let's just say it's much worse than broken ribs. And when you just found out that the person was your biological half-brother right before he died, it adds a whole new level of pain. Ari, my half-brother. We shared the same father, Jeb Batchelder. I'd first known Ari as a cute little kid who used to follow me around the school, the horrible prison science facility where I grew up. Then we'd escaped from the school with Jeb's help, and to tell you the truth, I hadn't given Ari another thought. Then he'd turned up a racer-fied, a grotesque half-human, half-wolf, his seven-year-old emotions all askew inside his chemically-enhanced, genetically-modified brain. He'd been turned into a monster, and they'd sent him after us with various, unpredictable, gruesome results. Then there had been that fight in the subway tunnels beneath Manhattan. I'd whacked Ari's head a certain way. His neck had cracked against the platform's edge, and suddenly he'd been dead. For a while, anyway. Back when I thought I had killed him, all sorts of sticky emotions gummed up my brain. Guilt, shock, regret, but also relief. When he was alive, he kept trying to kill us. The flock, I mean. Me and my merry band of mutant bird kids. So if he was dead, that was one less enemy gunning for my family. All the same, I felt horrible that I had killed someone, even by accident. I'm just tender-hearted that way, I guess. It's hard enough being a homeless 14-year-old with, yeah, wings, without having a bunch of damp emotions floating all over the place. Now Ari was dead for real. I hadn't killed him this time, though. I need a tissue. Total, our dog sniffled, nuzzling around my ankles like I had one in my sneakers. Speaking of damp emotions, Nudge pressed closer to me and took my hand. Her other hand was over her mouth. Her big brown eyes were full of tears. None of us are big criers, not even six-year-old Angel or the gas man, who's still only eight. Nudge is 11, and Iggy Fang and I are 14. Technically, we're all still children. But it takes a lot, and I mean a whole lot, to make any of us cry. Today, though, it was like another flood was coming and Noah was building an ark. Angel stepped forward and gently tossed a handful of dirt onto the plain wooden box at the bottom of the big hole. Bye, Ari, she said. I didn't know you for very long, and I didn't like you for a lot of it. But I liked you at the end. You helped us. You saved us. I'll miss you. Her little voice choked, and she turned to bury her face against my chest. The gas man was next. He, too, sprinkled dirt on the coffin. I'm sorry about what they did to you, he said quietly. His spiky blonde hair caught a shaft of sunlight and seemed to light up this little glen. It wasn't your fault. I snuck a quick glance over at Jeb. His jaw was clenched, his eyes full of pain. His only son lay in a box in the ground. He had helped put him there.
Bravely, Nudge stepped closer to the grave and tossed some dirt onto it. She tried to speak but started crying. I drew her to me and held her close. I looked at Iggy. As if sensing it, he raised his hand and dropped it. I don't have anything to say. His voice was gruff. Next it was Fang's turn, but he waved me to go. Total had collapsed in sobs on my shoes, so I gently disengaged him and stepped over to the grave. I had two hothouse lilies, and I let them float onto the coffin of my half-brother. As the flock leader, I was supposed to come up with a speech. There was no way to sum up what I was feeling. I had killed Ari once, then watched him die again as he saved my life. I'd known him when he was a cute little kid, and I'd known him as a hulking eraser. I had no words for this, and I am a word for